Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 158. Today, as we continue in the book of Hosea, these chapters that we'll read are filled with judgments from God again against Israel, against these people who are, we might call, heart of heart. Their hearts are just hard. They seem to sometimes show outward ritual and obedience to God, but their hearts are far from the God who made them, the God who gave them life, the God who gave them their land, the God who protected them, and they so easily just keep turning away, and sometimes they come back and do these ritual things, but otherwise they ignore him. And we see this not only in Hosea, but we see this in Matthew 18, in the lives of the disciples, and in some of the parables that Jesus tells. Uh, We see the same hardness of heart, and it's really a challenge for us to think about how desperately we need a heart change, no matter who we are that our hearts need to be softened and made new, a work that only God can do. So let's begin and hear from Hosea chapter 7 through 10. Whenever I want to to heal Israel, the sin of Ephraim is revealed, and the evil deeds of Samaria are exposed. For they do what is wrong. Thieves break into houses, and gangs rob people out in the streets. They do not realize that I remember all their wicked deeds. Their evil deeds have now surrounded them. Their sinful deeds are always before me. The royal advisers delight the king with their evil schemes. The princes make glad with their lies. They are all like bakers. They are all like a smoldering oven. They are like a baker who does not stoke the fire until the kneaded dough is ready for baking. At the celebration of their king, his princes become inflamed with wine. They conspire with evildoers. They approach him all the while plotting against him. Their hearts are like an oven. Their anger smolders all night long, but in the morning it bursts into a flaming fire. All of them are blazing like an oven. They devour their rulers. All their kings fall, and none of them call on me. Ephraim has has mixed itself like flour among the nations. Ephraim is like a ruined cake of bread that is scorched on one side. Foreigners are consuming what his strenuous labor produced, but he does not recognize it. His head is filled with gray hair, but he does not realize it. The arrogance of Israelite of Israel testifies against them, yet they refuse to return to the Lord their God. In spite of all this, they refuse to seek him. Ephraim has been like a dove, easily deceived and lacking discernment. They called to Egypt for help. They turned to Assyria for protection. I will throw my bird net over them while they were flying. I will bring them down like birds in the sky. I will discipline them when, they, when I hear them flocking together. Woe to them, for they have fled from me destruction to them, for they have rebelled against me. I want to deliver them, but they have lied to me. They do not pray to me, but howl in distress on their beds. They slash themselves for grain and new wine, but turn away from me. Although I trained and strengthened them, they plot evil against me. They turn to Baal. They are like an unreliable bow. Their leaders will fall by the sword, because their prayers to Baal have been made, have made me angry." So people will disdain them in the land of Egypt. Sound the alarm. An eagle looms over the temple of the Lord, for they have broken their covenant with me and have rebelled against my law. 
Israel cries out to me, My God, we acknowledge you. But Israel has rejected what is morally good, so an enemy will pursue him. They enthroned kings without my consent. They appointed princes without my approval. They made idols out of silver and gold, but they will be destroyed. O Samaria, he has rejected your calf idol. My anger burns against them. They will not survive much longer without being punished, even though they are Israelites. That idol was made by a workman. It is not God. The calf idol of Samaria will be broken to bits. They sow the wind, and they will reap the whirlwind. The stalk does not have any standing grain. It will not produce any flour. Even if it were were to yield grain, foreigners would swallow it up. Israel will be swallowed up among the nations. They will be like a worthless piece of of pottery. They have gone up to Assyria like a wild donkey that wanders off. Ephraim has hired prostitutes as lovers. Even though they have hired lovers among the nations, I will soon gather them together for judgment. Then they will begin to waste away until the oppression of of a mighty king. Although Ephraim has built many altars for sin offerings, these have become altars for sinning. I spelled out my law for him in great detail, but they regard it as something totally unknown to them. They offer up sacrificial gifts to me and eat the meat, but the Lord does not accept their sacrifices. Soon he will remember their wrongdoing, he will punish their sins, and they will return to Egypt. Israel has forgotten his maker and built royal palaces, and Judah has built many fortified cities. But I will send fire on their cities, it will consume their royal citadels. O Israel, do not rejoice jubilantly like the nations, for you are unfaithful to your God. You love to receive a prostitute's wages on all the floors where you thresh your grain. Threshing floors and wine vats will not feed the people, and new wine only deceives them. They will not remain in the Lord's land. Ephraim will return to Egypt. They will eat richly unclean food in Assyria. They will not pour out drink offerings of wine to the Lord. They will not please him with their sacrifices. Their sacrifices will be like bread eaten while in mourning. All those who eat them will make themselves richly unclean. For their bread will only be able to satisfy their appetite. It will not come into the temple of the Lord. So what will you do in your festival day, on the festival days to the Lord? Look, even if they flee from destruction, Egypt will take hold of them, and Memphis will bury them. The weeds will inherit the silver they treasure. Thorn bushes will occupy their homes. The time of judgment is about to arrive. The time of retribution is imminent. Israel will be humbled. The prophet is considered a fool. The inspired man is viewed as a madman because of the multitude of your sins and your intense animosity. The prophet is a watchman over Ephraim on behalf of God. Yet traps are laid for him along the path, his paths. Animosity rages against him in the land of his God. They have sunk deep into corruption, as in the days of Gibeah. He will remember their wrongdoing. He will pay, repay them for their sins. When I found Israel, it was like finding grapes in the wilderness. I viewed your ancestors like an early fig on a fig tree in its first season. Then they came to Baal Peor, and they dedicated themselves to shame. They became as detestable as what they loved. Ephraim will be like a bird. What they value will fly away. They will not bear children. They will not enjoy pregnancy. They will not even conceive. Even if they raise their children, I will take away every last one of them. Woe to them, for I will turn away from them. Ephraim, as I have seen, has given their children for prey. Ephraim will bear sons for slaughter. Give them, O Lord, what, what will you give them? 
Give them wombs that miscarry and breasts that cannot nurse. Because of all their evil in Gilgal, I hate them there. On account of their evil deeds, I will drive them out of my land. I will no longer love them. All their rulers are rebels. Ephraim will be struck down. Their root will be dried up. They will not yield any fruit. Even if they do not bear, even if they do bear children, I will kill their precious offspring. My God will reject them, for they have not obeyed Him. So they will be fugitives among the nations. Israel was a fertile vine that yielded fruit. As his fruit multiplied, he multiplied altars to Baal, and his land prospered. As his land prospered, they adorned the fertility pillars. Their hearts are slipping. Soon they will be punished for their guilt. The Lord will break their altars. He will completely destroy their fertility pillars. Very soon they will say, We have no king, since we did not fear the Lord. But what can a king do for us anyway? They utter empty words, taking false oaths and making empty agreements. Therefore legal disputes sprout up like poisonous weeds in the furrows of a plowed field. The inhabitants of Samaria will lament over the calf idol of beth Its people will mourn over it. Its idolatrous priests will wail over it, because its splendor will be taken from them into exile. Even the calf idol will be carried to Assyria, as tribute for the great king. Ephraim will be disgraced. Israel will be put to shame because of its wooden idol. Samaria and its king will be carried off, like a twig on the surface of the waters. The high places of the house of wickedness will be destroyed. It is the place where Israel sins. Thorns and thistles will grow up over its altars. Then they will say to the mountains, Cover us, and to the hills, Fall on us. O Israel, you have sinned since the time of Gibeah, and there you have remained. Did not war overtake the evildoers of Gibeah? When I please, I will discipline them. I will gather nations together to attack them, to bind them in chains for their two sins. Ephraim was a well-trained heifer who loved to thresh grain. I myself put a fine yoke on her neck. I will harness Ephraim, let Judah plow, let Jacob break up the unplowed ground for himself. Sow righteousness for yourselves, reap unfailing love. Break up the unplowed ground for yourselves, for it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers deliverance on you. But you have plowed wickedness, you have reaped injustice, you have eaten the fruit of deception, because you have depended on your chariots, you have relied on your many warriors. The roar of battle will rise against your people. All your fortresses will be devastated, just as Shalman devastated Beth Arbal on the day of battle, when mothers were dashed to the ground with their children. So it will happen to you, O Bethel, because of your great wickedness. When that day dawns, the king of Israel will be destroyed. What a terrifying judgment that we hear from God here to the people of Israel. And it's because they're hard-hearted. They did some ritualistic things at times, but most often their hearts were far from God. They refused to listen to him. They refused to worship him. They decided to go their own way, do their own thing, and think that they knew best. And at heart, a hard heart is really about pride and self-sufficiency. And we see some of those same things now in Matthew chapter 18. And yet Jesus shows us that there is a way to be able to handle and change And that comes through listening to his words and responding to his call to repent and receive his grace. So Matthew 18. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a child, had him stand among them, and said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn around and become like little children, 
you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever then humbles himself like this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, and whoever welcomes a child like this in my name welcomes me. But if anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a huge millstone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the open sea. Woe to the world because of stumbling blocks. It is necessary that stumbling blocks come, but woe to the person through whom they come. If your hand or your foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life crippled or lame than to have two hands or two feet and be thrown into eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter into life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into fiery hell. See that you do not disdain one of these little ones. For I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. What do you think? If someone owns a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, will he not leave the ninety-nine on the mountains and go look for the one that went astray? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he will rejoice more over it than over the ninety-nine that did not go astray. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that one of these little ones be lost. And if your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault when the two of you are alone. If he listens to you, you have regained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others with you, so that at the testimony of two or three witnesses, every matter may be established. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. If he refuses to listen to the church, treat him like a Gentile or a tax collector. I tell you the truth. Whatever you bind on earth will have been bound in heaven, and whatever you release on earth will have been released in heaven. Again, I tell you the truth. If two of you on earth agree about whatever you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three are assembled in my name, I am there among them. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how many times must I forgive my brother who sins against me? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, Not seven times, I tell you, but seventy-seven times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his slaves. As he began settling his accounts, a man who owed ten thousand talents was brought to him. Because he was not able to repay it, the Lord ordered him to be sold, along with his wife, children, and whatever he possessed, and repayment to be made. Then the slave threw himself to the ground before him, saying, Be patient with me, and I will repay you everything. The Lord had compassion on that slave and released him and forgave him the debt. After he went out, that same slave found one of his fellow slaves who owed him one hundred silver coins. So he grabbed him by the throat and started to choke him, saying, Pay back what you owe me. Then his fellow slave threw himself down and begged him, Be patient with me, and I will repay you. But he refused. Instead, he went out and threw him in prison until he paid, repaid the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were very upset and went and told their lord everything that had taken place. Then his lord called the first slave and said to him, Evil slave, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not have shown mercy to your fellow slave just as I showed it to you? And in anger, his Lord turned him over to the prison guards to torture him until he repaid all he owed. So also my heavenly Father will do to you if each of you does not forgive your brother from your heart. Jesus ends this story here today by basically warning us that if we beg God and turn to him and ask him for mercy, he will forgive. He's that kind of forgiving, loving God. And it's possible because Jesus became the one who paid our debt in our place. 
But Jesus warns us that if in response to God's grace and mercy, we are not gracious and merciful, that if God has forgiven us so much, we don't forgive others, then he's basically warning God won't be forgiving you. And it's not because God pulls back and says, I'm not forgiving you anymore. It's because what's happening is your hard heart is being revealed. That a lack of willingness to forgive others shows a lack of forgiveness that's happened in your own heart. A lack of grace towards others shows a lack of grace experienced from God to you. And so this is a great reminder for all of us to turn to God, to seek his grace and his forgiveness, and then out of thankful love to him, show that same grace and forgiveness to others out of a heart that's not hard anymore, but has been softened by the grace and the mercy of God. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, http netbible.com, copyright 1996-2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music.